Hello, I'm Dango Rose, and this is the Mountaineer Podcast, where everybody's listening. And I'm Cynthia Davis. In this week's episode, we talk to Deb D'Andrea about Victory Gardens in Netherland and how they have been growing the organization. We hear this week's music mentions from Jamie Lammers and then speak to Jesse Ansari about what's ahead at the Netherland Community Library. And for our final story, Dango interviews John Rudnell, otherwise known as Black Dog. We hear about his upcoming album with band New Family Dog, and we also share something not many people know about one of our favorite resonant music makers. But first, some news from your neighborhood. Timberline Fire Protection District is offering free wildfire mitigation assessments to all homeowners within the district. TFPD is also hiring mitigation and woodland firefighters and has an open call for volunteers. Visit TimberlineFPD.Colorado.gov for more information. The Mountaineer is hiring a marketing coordinator and advertising salesperson. If you are outgoing, love meeting new people, are organized, and are proficient in Google Docs and Sheets, this could be the position for you. Email info at themountaineer.com for more information. The Town of Nederland is hosting a town hall meeting Tuesday, January 31st from 6 to 8 p.m. to discuss the Nederland Police Department. Community members are encouraged to attend the two-hour discussion. The meeting will also be available online. Find the link by visiting townofnederland.colorado.gov. In Gilpin County, the Board of County Commissioners updated the county's dog ordinance during their regular meeting, January 24th, 2023. The ordinance covers the welfare, control, and licensing of all dogs in Gilpin County. After much discussion and public comment, the board passed the amended resolution and it will become effective on March 1st. You can read more about the ordinance and other mountain news in this week's edition of the Mountaineer newspaper or by visiting www.themountaineer.com. That's the M-T-N-E-A-R.com. And that's it for this week's news briefs. If you have something to share, you can send requests for submission to info at themountaineer.com. As long as it meets our community standards, we'll be sure to include it in a future episode. Special thanks to our longtime sponsor, Brightwood Music. Brightwood Music is a full-service music store located in the heart of downtown Nederland. Stop by to see their enormous selection of high-quality instruments. Want to rent before you buy? They have rental options available by the day, week, or month. If you already have an instrument in need of repair, they've got you covered there too. Find Brightwood Music on Facebook or check out their ad in the Mountaineer newspaper for current hours of operation and location. For our lead story, we had the pleasure of speaking with Jesse Ansari with the Netherlands Community Library. Their calendar is full. And if you haven't been in lately, it's high time for a visit. Yeah, we've got we've got so much going on. <laughs> um, yeah, it's really exciting time. 
we help with um, doing things like notary services or printing or faxing and scanning. Um, but it's it's way beyond that now. I think libraries are definitely not just not just places for books anymore. It's there's a lot of programming and art and music. Um, so a lot of fun stuff going on. We heard you have a Valentine's Day event coming up to help raise money for the Library Foundation. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, the Valentine's fundraiser is going to be really, really, really fun. Um, that's coming up on February 11th. And it's going to be like a Ned-style black tie event. So really anything anything goes. You you choose what black, black tie means, Ned-style. Um, so kind of formal, but with its fancy charcuterie and then wine tastings. And then there's going to be like live music from um, this band called Mystic Pulse, who are really awesome. And then there's going to be a rare book edition, silent auction. Um, so we definitely want people to come out and raise some money for that. And it, all the money raised get plugged back into all sorts of these amazing programs that we're doing. And tell us more about your role at the library. My specialty is um, I'm the patron and youth services supervisor. So um, I'm in a role where I get to all kinds of fun stuff, mostly um, the, the youth programs and the kids stuff. So that's things like after school clubs. And I do the baby and toddler story times every Friday um, and craft workshops. And we do pretty regular take and make kits where I'll, um, I'll put together things like everything you need to make a craft. We've done uh, pop-up cards and paper reads. Um, we're running a math literacy program, and as part of that, we're doing family bingo night. And we are do, we do math club and the winter and summer reading program. The take and make sounds like fun. Tell us more about that. Yeah, take and make. So they take it and then you get to make it at home. So I usually put in a bunch of instruct like a little instruction sheet. Um we're doing we're doing one in February. I'm gonna be doing pop up cards again for Valentine's. Um I usually put together about twenty kits in like brown paper bags and folks can just come in and first come, first served and just come and snag craft kits to take home, which um it really took off during COVID. Um we were doing kind of Zoom craft programs during that and it's just something that seems to really work for medfolk up here um, to be able to take your your craft home and work on it in your own time and at your own speed. Um, so those have been really, really popular and it's really fun to be able to provide fun stuff like that. And the programs fill it pretty fast? Yeah, it kind of varies from program to program. Some of them you need, um, we only have certain amount of supplies or space in the room so you have to you'll have to register on the website but a bunch of them are, are drop-in programs we've got in april we have a theater group coming up they'll be doing a, a kids performance based on a, a children's book they're coming up from um, from cu that's going to be really fun but then we've done things that you don't need to register for like we always we do um occasional special story times like last summer we did a uh, fire truck story time so we had the fire chief mike scott come in and he read a book and he was fantastic and so they talked about firefighting and the kids got to see them dress up in their uh firefighting uniforms and and then all the kids got to go and explore the fire truck and we had a mermaid story time where we had a real mermaid come and read to the kids 
do slime, mermaid slime after that. Um, and there's, oh, we've got toys funny. too. Like we are, one of the things I'm, I'm kind of excited about right now is we have a toy library. So we're kind of one of the nationwide leaders um, in having a toy library. We were one of the first. So we, um, you can check out backpacks with toys in. You don't even have to buy your toys. So that was, we're trying to think about sustainability too and keeping stuff out the landfill. Um, you can check out backpacks with toys. <laughs> the library also does a great job at showcasing local artists. Yeah. Um, I, I love our artist, art space too. So currently we have Greg Marquez is the artist and he is um, a local artist. He recently did the big, beautiful, colorful mural that's up on the side of the Netherlands Feed and Pet Store. Um, so he's going to come in and he's brought some of watercolors and acrylic paintings. And we have that beautiful community meeting room where we display all the artwork and out front too. And then we also have like a, a 3D display case out by the front door. So we're going to have artists rotating stuff through there too. Um, we sometimes have library themed exhibits in there like we do at the moment in the display case. But um, for artists on the walls, we have exhibits that change every three months. So last month, the last one was a bunch of art that was created by um, kids. So the kids had an art contest and the winners are getting their designs turned into our new library cards. Um, and then the second place got their work turned into puzzles, these beautiful Liberty puzzles um, that you can check out from the library too. And then also um, some other merch from some other kids' artwork. And then, so yeah, it's a great place to feature local artists. And we've also had like staff art exhibits. We've got a lot of, a lot of creative people on staff too. So they've had their artwork displayed in there too. Um, and yeah, it's, there's no shortage of artists and musicians kind of up here in Netherlands, so we're very lucky. And you had some other exciting news to share? It's a big thing I'm excited about is this collaboration we have coming up with the Netherlands Area Historical Society. So they recently secured a grant to begin a huge digitization project, um, hire like a professional archivist, and just to go through the Historical Society collection of all their old documents and photos that are, include some from the 1800s and letters. So all that treasure in their physical collection um, is going to be, for a few days in February, we're going to move it down to the library and we're going to organize it, start this huge digitization project, which I know the Mountaineer has been going through too, a similar thing, um, documenting this old stuff and then make all that accessible to um, to the public which it goes in hand in hand with another project the library's been doing for some years, uh, recording local oral histories um, and just trying to preserve and share some of these like, amazing stories of long timers. Um, there's some incredible people up here so, who've done some really interesting things. So really excited about uh, digging into that project. It's going to be really interesting. Thank you, Jesse. And if you want to show some library love, the Valentine's Day event is February 11th from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. This is a 21 and older event and Ned formal attire is encouraged, however you interpret that to be. You can find out more about the library by visiting NetherlandCOLibraries.org. Share the love this Valentine's Day with a message to your special someone in black and white print. 
Send us your poems. Send us your prose to be printed in the February 9th edition of the Mountain Ear newspaper. Deadline for submission is February 3rd. You can email your information to info at themountaineer.com. Now we go to correspondent Jamie Lammers, who will be delivering this week's Music Mentions. And now for this week's Music Mentions. Head over to Busey Brews located at 70 East 1st Street in Nederland to see Laura and Bill of The Gale perform on Sunday, February 12th at 2 p.m. The Covered Wagon hosts karaoke nights every Thursday at 7 p.m. Head to 15 East 1st Street in Nederland to check them out for yourself. Head to 261 Eldora Ski Road site in Nederland to check out the Eldora Timbers Lodge and Barrel Brewing Co. Fireside Music Series, as well as the Woodward DJ Boombox Series, which this week includes artists such as American Sound Lab, Clay Rose and Adam Perry from Gasoline Lollipops, Deep Rock Dave, and Mental 69. Check out my music listing in the print edition of The Mountaineer for more information about exact times and dates. Head to Howlin' Wind Brewing on Saturday, February 4th at 4 p.m. to check out Banimal Kingdom Live. It is located at 51A Main Street in Rollinsville. Head to the Jamestown Mercantile located at 108 Main Street in Jamestown on Wednesday, February 1st at 5 p.m. for an open mic, on Thursday, February 2nd at 7 p.m. for a Chris Sheldon and Friends performance, and on Friday, February 3rd at 7 p.m. for a Deccan Hawk performance. Every Sunday at 4 p.m., Knotted Root Brewing is honored to host Jazz Sundays with Black Dog. Head to 250 North Caribou Street in Nederland to check them out for yourself. Also check out 121 North Jefferson Street in Nederland to see Ned's Cafe's Dan Jam every Thursday at 10 p.m. and Karaoke Nights every Sunday at 7 p.m. And finally, head to Very Nice Brewing Company located at 20 East Lakeview Drive, number 112 in Nederland on Saturday, February 4th at 5 p.m. to check out Mountain Reverb performing live. Did we miss your music listing? Did we miss your performance or your venue? Want to submit your music listing in the Peak to Peak area? Do you have updates to your business or your performances? Please call 303-810-5409 or email info at themountaineer.com to be included in the next print edition and the next podcast of The Mountaineer. Thank you so much for listening. Now back to Dango. Thank you so much, Jamie. Appreciate you letting us all know what's going on. Now let's shift gears and listen to Jamie's interview with Deb D'Andrea of Victory Gardens. Deb, for those who don't already know, can you start by giving us a little bit of history on how the Victory Gardens project started? Victory Gardens has been around for several years. Many people know about Lynn Hanna. She's a wonderful human and uh, in in the community here. When she passed away, she left her house to Victory Gardens because Lynn was an avid gardener. And so Jim McVeigh and her started talking and they came up with this idea of her leaving her house to Victory Garden. And tell us how the project has grown since being established. Now we have um, several raised beds that are in the, on the property. 
We have a hot house that's to the side, and that's where we have tomatoes. We grow, I think it was like 15 to 20 different types of vegetables, and then we have some pollinator beds for the bees and the butterflies and everybody to hang out. And who do you work with to distribute all the food that is grown? Last year, worked with some food was donated, some food was bought. The Netherlands Food Pantry, the Netherlands Farmers Market, the Ned Co-op, and Arwen out in Gilpin County with Holistic Homestead. Tell us, who all tends to the gardens and greenhouse? You know, we have a bunch of volunteers that help us harvest and, you know, grow the food and do the starts. It's all organic. We have our own compost pile and we have our own bins where we, you know, turn and recycle and and really take from the earth and give back to the earth. We ended up getting some great manure from May, who has horses who lives right next to the fire department last year. And so we try to really, you know, focus on food and growing food and and uh, you know, helping provide for the communities that are in the Peak to Peak region. What are some of the plans for the coming year? This year, we just put in for a grant, actually two. One is a smaller one and one is a larger one because we want to build a greenhouse attached to the house so that we can grow food year-round. And we want to do workshops and seminars. And I actually just took the workshop with Brigitte at Wild Bear. And I was talking because we'd love to mash up and get, you know, maybe get the kiddos over there growing food and getting their hands dirty and and try to really embrace the community and bring people in. How does the organization raise funds for the gardens? I understand there's an Airbnb on the property as well. We're a 501c3 and the money that we get through the Airbnb goes directly into our bank account and it is used. We uh, pay we pay for the cleaning to a local mom with the kiddos, and we um, and we put the money in the bank, and it's what helps us pay our taxes and our water bill and our electric bill, and helps us have a little extra money to be able to, you know, build the raised beds and get the seeds and do the starts and just function. And how do people find it? Uh, it's at the. It's called the Victory Gardens Guest House in Nederland, Colorado. We also heard the organization is looking for a long-term tenant for the property. We're renting it as an Airbnb. I think I have it set until the end of May, but we're actually looking for long-term renters who want to be part of us and not, you know, not join Victory Gardens necessarily. But we want a long-term rental. It's a two-bedroom. Kitchen, living room, dining room, has laundry. And, you know, the thing is, it's a working yard. And so we would love to get, you know, a couple people sharing it or a family or, you know, just somebody who sees our vision to rent it long term. That's really our goal. We decided to continue to Airbnb it until we can find a long term renter that embraces what we're doing. Thank you so much, Deb, for coming on board and joining us for the podcast. You can find out more about what's going on at Victory Gardens by visiting them online at nedvictorygardens.org. Do you own a restaurant or food truck? 
How about a catering company or cafe? Send us your culinary information by February 15th to be included in the spring edition of Taste of the Peaks. Pick up a copy now to see what's currently on the menu for our local homegrown Colorado Mountain Cuisine. That was a clip of the new family dog, Six Feet Under. Now, let's go to Dango Rose as he interviews John Rudnell, otherwise known as Black Dog. Hey, John, so tell me, when did you first pick up the guitar? Um, I took my first lesson when I was 12. I, ha- I had a guitar for- before then, but I didn't really know how to play it at all. But I definitely never, you know, I picked it up and never really stopped. Well, it's no secret you're from New York, but where in New York did you grow up? Uh, Bronxville, New York, right outside the city. When we were talking earlier, we figured out that you must have played over 7,000 gigs during your career by now. How old were you when you first stepped on the stage? 15. Started doing like teen center gigs and stuff. You know, that's like every gig, like jazz gigs and solo gigs. So did growing up in New York influence the direction you took as a guitar player? Or was it more what you heard on the radio? Um, yeah. You know, uh, a lot of that came from, you know, uh, Leonard Skinner more than anything else turned, you know, opened the door to all that kind of music for me. Uh, Clapton, Allman Brothers, uh, Hendrick. Uh, we're all huge listening stuff you know my brother had the album with the stereo my older brother you know so i'd listen to all the cool stuff it's hard for me to say define my style and a sentence you know what i mean because it's kind of different bags you know the acoustic thing is a total different thing than the electric funk jazz thing it's a completely different beast and has the guitar always been your main instrument and focus i grew up in the heart of the guitar kind of Guitar was king in the 60s, 70s, I think. You know? And whenabouts was it that you moved to Netherland? Uh, 1995. We had, uh, we had our son, first son, Miles, who you know I perform with all the time now. Um, we were living in Brooklyn and waking up to gunshots all the time. So I had played out here before and actually it was my, my then wife, Svetlana. She said, she's like, either Alaska or Netherland. <laughs> so I chose Netherlands. Do you have any regrets about choosing Netherlands over Alaska? No, not at all. I don't have no regrets at all. I live in a great place. I own my little shack in paradise. So, You know, some would call you a master of the guitar. Are you able to play any genre? Every, everything but heavy metal and classical. I can, I can kind of hang on almost anything else. How did it come about for you to have a focus on so many different styles? You know, you know, just kind of just working on the different styles, you know, and playing gigs in those styles, you know. You know, I grew up doing a lot of blues gigs, rock gigs, and funk gigs, and then I, you know, I was able to play jazz gigs, which opened up a whole other thing, you know. I think if you can really play jazz, you can kind of 
approach any kind of music. Uh, although bluegrass is really hard and has nothing to do with jazz, really. <laughs> a little bit, but not much. Just playing the music that I like. So I got to ask, is there anything new in the works that we should be excited for? You know, we have this Americana album coming out, New Family Dog with Miles on uh, Dutch Records, March 24th. So that's pretty exciting. That does sound exciting. So New Family Dog, March 24th, that's a collaboration with your son, right? Yep. Hey, Miles, Sally Van Meter plays on it, produced it, and Michael Wooten's on drums. And uh, we finished it right before COVID. You know, and I've been putting out all these records for years with no publicist, no label, nothing, you know. So this one publicist had heard my Cherish album, the one we did with Dave Watts and the gang, and uh, he was you know, wanting to work with me, kept going. And so finally COVID hit and I had nothing else to do. So I called him up and he, uh, he got us to deal with Dutch. Yeah, that sounds cool. So that's a record deal, huh? Took forever with COVID and everything, but seems to be happening. So it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I had Miles sign the deal. <laughs> like it's your first band, you're signing the record deal. It's the first label thing we've done at all. And beyond all the performing, you've also been teaching for many years. Can you tell us a bit about that? I've taught a fair amount of people at this point. <laughs> Still teaching a bunch, you know. And how can we find out more about New Family Dog and the upcoming album? I'd say New Family Dog Spotify, New Family Dog Facebook, Black Dog Facebook. Thank you, John. We look forward to hearing the New Family Dog album coming out on March 24th and to see you at venues all around the peak to peak. Talk to you soon. There ain't nowhere to turn to Six feet down the river was a you know, up here in the mountains, things are weird. That concludes this week's episode of the Mountaineer Podcast, where everybody's listening. Visit our website at www.themountaineer.com to read more information about today's guests. Pick up a copy of this week's print edition of The Mountaineer at newsstands all across the peak to peak. I'm Dango Rose. And I'm Cynthia Davis. Until next time, thank you for listening. Either Alaska or Netherlands. (laughs) So I chose Netherlands.